Who's back? Back. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> Leave it in. Uh, we'll do it live. We'll do it live. All right, <laughs> folks. We're back for the episode. Dark State of Moon. All right, no, what are we talking about, you motherfucker? We are talking about the two standalone movies in the Star Wars franchise. Interquills, you might say, because they kind of exist. I'm going to say now that you just told me the word five minutes ago. Yeah, it exists. <laughs> like Rogue One being kind of the, the 3.5, it's after three, but before four, and Solo mm-hmm. being a standalone kind of backstory of, the, of a young Han Solo and how he came to be. Yeah. And um, yeah, so we watched them kind of together. I watched them in the same day. I don't know about you. Uh, and, I watched them like a couple of days apart. I was, I was a couple of days apart. A lot of spinning plates right now. And uh, I, I, yeah, it was interesting to just kind of take them in. It's, it's, it like steps aside from Skywalker and it steps aside because when you think about Skywalker, it basically takes up between Anakin all the way down to Rey. It takes up, <laughs> takes up all the all she's the not Skywalker. She can go oh, well, you know, like that she's was the two whole arms. Right. She's got Skywalker. Yeah, yeah, she's got two arms. That'd be like me walking into your family reunion going, but two, you know, I'm like, yeah, you're not. And you'd be like, just. <laughs> He doesn't have a huge penis. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking guy. I told you that confidence. You call me short Willie for a reason. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, 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 I enjoyed it. Which one? Which one do you want to take a, a little dive into first? Like I think, like because what we've been talking about is we're not going to talk about this uh, franchise in terms of the release. We're going to talk about how the events occur within the universe of the Star Wars universe itself, and that's yeah. why we went with the prequel, and that's why we've gone with Solo and Rogue One, as you said they're interquills they're the only ones that exist outside of the three uh, trilogies the skywalker saga the no those nine movies but not only that they actually encapsulate or they capture two massive moments from star wars lore the the kessel run from han solo and you got the the capture of the death star plans in rogue one and two of those mm-hmm. like the kessel runs we talked about a lot in the trilogy when harrison ford portrayed um uh, Han Solo, I think it's Alden Elden Reich or something like that. Yeah. Plays him this one, and this, uh, and they talk about that. So it was cool because this was the first time that Disney actually expanded outside of the the Skywalker saga, and they looked at two things of the lore and what they could make stories of. And both stories made perfect sense, and both events made perfect sense to actually explore. The yeah. Kessel Run is iconic, like you know the the twelve parsecs or whatever. Even though yeah. that's actually a mission, uh, they they, they equated as a. A measurement of speed but parsecs is actually a measurement of distance so they, mis- yeah. they misuse it but um and rogue one like we everybody talks about like how at the start of a new hope we see princess leia and they're looking for the 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 fucking plans for the death star or some shit or she's just trying to get them to obi-wan kenobi and yeah yeah, yeah. exactly like, so it just it fills in two little slight little blank spots from the star wars lore that have been mentioned many many times and i think they did a fantastic job the more i see solo the more i enjoy that movie man yeah same actually this, this i have to say and i'm kind of reviewing and of all the star wars this one feels least like a star wars and i don't mean that as a good or a bad thing it's merely an observation no scrawl in either of these movies either yeah exactly and, and, and also it kind of taught you you can have a lot of fun you don't need jedis in it even though like we all kind of go there for lightsaber battles hmm. and all that but you kind of they just somebody surviving. I like the the gutter rat, you know, like the, yeah. that, that's the and that's what Solo is. He's the gutter rat. Yeah. But he had a bit. He had charm. He had something about him. He had confidence. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So when you're watching it, you just enjoy it, and it fills in so many blanks. And the one thing it did is we find uh, is 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 kind of like flesh him out and show him how iconic his journey to where he got actually yeah. was yeah and okay. i thought that was very cool it kind of was cool too because like retroactively looked at the information that i'd had from harrison ford's portrayal of solo and like okay maybe how did he become such a good leader of men 
How did he become such a, a good like a space commander? How did he get so good at uh, evading the empire constantly? When you go back and you fill in those blanks with he was a trained soldier, he fucking fought with the empire. He like mm. learned from highly capable criminals and stuff like this. And that's how he became a world class smuggler, how he's able to evade the empire and eventually end up joining the rebellion and the alliance and becoming a leader of men. You and no I mean? small amount of dumb luck. Yeah. You know, that just kind of like shit goes down and somebody somehow ends up walking out of smoke. Mm. And it was him. Yeah. But, you know, but he learned some shit. He absolutely learned. So behind mm. all that chat, like even um, when he, when he, the, 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 the kind of shootout at the end with, uh, <laughs> sorry, Harrison, not Harrison Ford, Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson. Harrelson character whose name escapes mm. me. But even just that, like he had that draw first, yeah. you know, just draw first, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it, and of course that comes up later as well. So I don't know. A lot of that stuff gives me goosebumps. I like when they address stuff really, really well. Mm. I like when they flesh it out. And I noticed it was a little bit more silly. Yeah. And a little bit more goofy and the, the card games with like. Mm. Uh, uh, Sabok. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I, 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 When you watch this film and you just try and watch it as being fun and take off that like nerd elitism. Ah, but no, and blah, and the books yeah. or whatever. I don't know. I'm sure. Cause I know there was complaints around, but I just watched that and kind of, went, that was a bit of fun actually. Yeah. And, and actually, and I mean, we got to hear Dart Maul say things, which yeah. is also very cool. <laughs> Yeah. But like, um, at the time of its production, I think Chris Miller and Phil Lord, the two guys that did like the producer, like, uh, into the spider verse, they did the Lego movie. Um, they did like, I think 21, 22 jump street, uh, Men in Black International, I think, as well. Um, they were supposed to have originally do solo. They made a lot of the movie. Did the higher ups at Lucasfilm and Disney seemingly saw a cut of the movie and they were like, no. Nah. And they really? pretty much fired him. Um, and then Ron Howard came in. Initially, he was only supposed to finish off filming, and but instead they got him to pretty much rework the script and change the movie around in many, many ways. And I think wow. because, yeah, and I think because of that, a lot of people were probably went in and were like, oh, Nah, man, this movie's gonna yeah. be messy. And then, and studio intervention is something that pisses us off. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, I'm not as a, you're better with yeah. directed Spider Man Tree, like you know, Spider Man Tree is always the thing yeah. that comes to mind. They, yeah. they, they said they true, they true as many chefs in the kitchen as they could. Yeah, and they, they made a ball of absolute shit, and that's all it was. Um, so yeah, but this was obviously not that. But again, it it, it does beg the question of what maybe it could have been. Because yeah. again, it was wasn't the best Star Wars film you left, but it didn't to me. I wasn't really judging it by Star Wars films. I was only yeah. judging it by entertainment value. Because yeah. again, it just felt different. I loved yeah. the aliens. I loved, I loved the kind of like the, the robot that thinks it's in a relationship with Lando. Yeah, yeah. I just, well, I loved, like, Lando's banging that robot. Well, Lando's hundred percent banging, yeah, banging that, robot. that robot. One hundred percent. He's like, how does Look, it work? He's like, it works. <laughs> it's, it's, look man there's something to be said for sass you know <laughs> he's a robosexual man robosexual <laughs> i love like the introduction where she's like protesting against like robot fights and yeah stuff like you know so some of them like, i don't really get what it was that amelia clark's kira did yeah. where she kind of started like waving her cloak around and yeah some people ended up dead and i was like what the fuck was that? She was doing some martial arts or some shit that she did yeah. for somebody or some shit. Some like you know? dark art, like you know the way in Rogue One we had like mm. he wasn't a Jedi, but he was like a Jedi priest. Yeah. And he he kind of believed in the force so much that it kind of flowed through him a bit. And I think she might have been like a dark version of that, maybe. I don't really get it, but maybe yeah. you know, when they end up answering to Dark Mole that you know. Inside yeah. of that, they no, she been... she mentions it that it's some form of martial arts or something. She mentions it, yeah. She yeah. says it to the, the robot woman. Um, I don't know. Mm. Like, I mean, I, I think when you look back on it and and try and just take it outside of Star Trek, uh, Star Wars, Whoa. edit that out. They'll come, they'll come for us. They'll come, they'll come. I'll get all the unlimited power. <laughs> don't just don't ever say my address. One, two, three, fake street. Everybody knows that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, sorry, go and continue to point. Um, yeah, but I, I, I thought the actual cheeky chappy. I, I, I think as well we don't like seeing Harrison Ford replaced because Harrison Ford was one of a putting kind. the smug back in smuggler. Harrison. Yeah, oh. <laughs> um, that, that's a good title actually. Yeah, but uh, but the, I, I thought the guy wasn't trying to steal his thunder; he was just trying to do the job. Yeah, you know what I mean. And Harrison Ford is just a one of a type, yeah. you know. And we grew up on him, so we can't see him replaced. Yeah, and how dare he? But at the same time, I don't know. He's a guy who did a job, but I thought he did a pretty good job. Yeah, I think he was clever though. He was like, I'm not going to try and imitate Harrison Ford. I'm going to give you a different solo. Yeah, because this is a solo that's very different in terms of what he's experienced in his life. He's still very much wide-eyed and bushy-tailed, and still having fun with. Yeah, him. absolutely. When we, when we catch back up with him as Harrison Ford, like he's like. 
he's obviously been through the shit, has been living through Empire rule for longer. He's been on the run constantly. He's more worn down. He's just more like, like, it's not more set. He didn't ways. have much time for bullshit. Yeah. When you met him, you know, that kind of way. He was yeah. like, no way, kid. I can't do this. I got blah, blah, blah. And he was always that kind of like aloof. Yeah. But behind it, there was actually something there as yeah. if like shit had gone down. He's just fed Friends up. Friends had turned on him. Yeah. Like, with the exception of, yeah. With the exception of Chewbacca. Yeah. Exception of Chewbacca. There was just nothing. Did you there. see that meme? Harrison Ford was in that movie, uh, The Wild, uh, what was it called? Into the Wild or some shit like that, or The Wild Country or some shit. For him and a dog, a CGI dog, go into the wild and it's fucking amazing. But it's like when you come down from your acid trip and you realize you were never traveling through space and it's just Harrison <laughs> 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 That's fucking awesome. But um, yeah, like one thing I liked about this is that, like, as you said, it, it, it didn't go like, oh, we need to start sticking in Jedi left, right and center. It followed up perfectly from um, what happened with Order 66. And we just covered the original prequel trilogy or the prequel trilogy that uh, we saw the decimation of Jedi. We saw the, the decimation of uh, the, the Senate and how it became the Empire. And this is like the burgeoning world of the, the new galaxy and the way it looks and the way it's reacted to this like overthrow of the Senate, this dictatorship. From the like, street. Like this is yeah. what it looks like for on the, the street dude. level yeah. for the everyday dude and not the yeah. huge galactic destroyer. Exactly, yeah. That's, you know, and and that was what was kind of cool about it. This yeah. was, yeah. It was like an action heist movie, but like at the same time, yeah. it, it, it set itself perfectly up in the world that was created from the prequel trilogy, I thought. That's why I said to you about watching it in this order that like the best thing to do is to watch in the event uh, in the order of the events how they occur yes. in the world and you get to really see the full because there's nothing less chronological than Star Wars. Yeah, oh nothing. my god, yeah, it's, nothing. Uh, seemingly there's a, a a a cut out there of the I think it might be the original six at the time, the the prequel trilogy prequel and the and original, the original trilogy, trilogy yeah. before the, the the Disney tree came out. The, it's called the cleaver cut or some shit okay. and some dude put it together or some person and um, put it together the the phantom menace is all like a dream sequence or some shit the way they put it together is like i've never watched it but seemingly like luke's they have it like a new hope uh they have it all fucking weird they have it like uh a clone wars revenge of the sith and then they have like a new hope and then they have like phantom menace is all a dream sequence and then they go on with uh, Empire Strikes Back and Return. So to like play. two, three, four. Yeah. One, one is a dream <laughs> sequence. Five. Yeah. 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 It's I mean, I mean, we because you know we did that on a previous podcast and we we're talking about like like the Jar Jar. He's like like Mister Magooing a war yeah. and he's destroying everybody. Like he's like yeah. you know a, a Darth Vader himself could have taken out as many soldiers as yeah. Him, you know? Everyone said he should have been a Sith Lord. Yeah, Jar Jar. would have been amazing. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Misa have unlimited power, Misa do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, something, something dark side. <laughs> do it. Misa think you should kill him. Do it. <laughs> but, um... but I do I, I, I do think when I was watching this that it didn't like it wasn't a perfect movie, but I don't think it. But you know, if you ever watch a movie, you think it's not trying to be a perfect movie. Yeah, it was just trying. You know to what I mean? Like it wasn't trying. Yeah, it knew it wasn't making like something that for the age is absolutely terrific. But it was yeah, trying to have fun with it. Yeah. I thought visually, I yeah. thought they had so much fun. I loved the kind of the retro seventies vibe that some of the, the the racers and stuff that they were in actually yeah. had. You kind of have to. You're, you you're locked in with the technology from the original trilogy because yeah. you can't if you're doing a prequel you can't do technology that's more advanced you know yeah I mean? no that's like, true but even just the look mm. you know what i mean yeah um and i thought that um you know i like the fact that there was lots of alien like when they were gambling it was just completely like lando and han are like the only yeah. two humans at the time uh, han actually to see the there was just somebody singing and i thought it was a, a, a black lady with a microphone in her mouth but it wasn't it was just like alien head in a jar that was just beside her and it Check was singing out. in the lounge and i was like okay look i yeah. love when they do shit like that like i yeah. love just kind of going yeah we could do better you know yeah. do you remember the of... cantina and the original trilogy hey play that same song again that you only know remember that <laughs> <laughs> my favorite thing here is like 
where Brian looks at, not the camera because it's animation, but he just yeah. looks out and he goes, why is Lando wearing Han's clothes in this scene? Seriously, <laughs> look at the movie. He's wearing Han's clothes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that Star Wars Family Guy trilogy is fucking incredible, man. It was great. Yeah, it was great. So and they're not, it. the parodies can are hit and miss as everybody knows, but they, they were great. Yeah. And I wouldn't mind seeing some parodies of these, but I don't, I don't know. They don't hit like mainstay, yeah. main mm. canon. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Like it, it, uh, Solo is definitely a film worth seeing. Oh, no, no it's 100% worth seeing because like it, it as I said, it does. Re- it's clever storytelling. It looked at all the things. We always talk about the franchise and how you should know what you're, uh, the franchise you're operating within and the rules that are set out by your predecessors. And Solo does that brilliantly. It looks at all the information, like I mentioned, about Han Solo that was revealed to us in the original trilogy. And it fucking went backward and wrote a story from it. The Kessel Run, that's spoken about. How fast I actually it. see it, Jack. Yeah, actually see it. You know it. what I mean? Like like the, the thing that he was iconic for. They say hmm. you did this. You say you did this. Yeah. And then seeing him actually do it in the Millennium Falcon, no less. And then, you know, winning the Millennium Falcon, Falcon using, yeah. using the trick that... <laughs> that he had fallen for in the first round of cards. Yeah, just yeah. Some of that stuff was just some of that stuff was just fun, man. Yeah, and, and you know, like the stuff you've imagined if you were a Star Wars fan growing up. Yeah, and you actually got to see, see me Chewy. As, yeah, and you got to see him meet Chewy. Yeah, that's so cool. Uh, Chewbacca, that's a lot. I'm not calling you that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> man, I left my ass off. Like the first time I seen this movie, because I didn't get to see it in the cinema, um, I missed out and I, when it came out on DVD. And that's not like you. Yeah, like it's um, not like you know you do go see these things. Yeah, like it's it's uh, of the modern Star Wars movies. It's the only one I haven't seen in the cinema, and uh, that's no true fault of its own. I think I might be like fucking sick or some shit at the time because I think there's a couple of movies there where I missed in a short space of time where I was sick and I had a fucked up knee or some shit, and um, uh, uh, so I went to fucking I caught it when it came out, and um, I was like, why are people shitting on this fucking movie? I laughed my ass off. I was like, this is fun. I was like, of course it's not going to be Harrison Ford. They didn't cast Harrison Ford. You're not going to get Harrison Ford. It's one of those things. Look outside of his portrayal of Han Solo and look at the story. Like, the story is fucking cool. Like, you get to see, as we talk about, the Kessel Run. You get to see his uh, his um, integration into the Empire. You get to see him fighting in the Empire. You get to hear a bit more about his backstory, about Kira. You get to see Woody Harrelson, the kind of people he ran with and the people that crafted and created the legend that is Han Solo going yeah. into... A new hope because he's already somewhat legendary in the realms of his smuggling abilities and uh, the Millennium Falcon and how he won that. You just spoke about uh, the game of the back against uh, Lando Calrissian. The back, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know what I mean. So I just thought it was really clever world building while it's using information that's already provided to you. Like uh, I think that's what Disney probably went back and they probably looked at the tone of the movie and the product. We don't need it to be too jokey. Because maybe that's why Chris Miller and Phil Lord were lifted from the project because they're they're very much comedic directors a lot of times. Yeah. So maybe they were. And Han and Han lends himself. Han, man, his name's Han. 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 He he even corrects. Han Solo. Han Solo. (laughs) (laughs) But he but he does lend himself to that more than any of the other characters do. Yeah. It's like it's tragic, but he kind of like has the gallows humor about it and the little bit of womanizing about it, you know and. Eye on the prize kind of character. So I've got a bad imagine. feeling about this. Yeah, yeah. I love that I way love- that's in every Star Wars movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I fucking love that, man. But um, like, I just thought, like, you know, um, that it, it kind of focused on one character that we all know and love and gave us a brand new interpretation of him. And it did a really decent job of doing it, which we often don't see. Like, you know what I mean? Because uh, I think they could have, uh, there's room here to even make more, uh, one more solo movie if you wanted to. But I don't see it happening. I think like Disney now are uh, really reshuffling the pack when it comes to Star Wars, and they're really going to be like uh, careful in how they make their next feature release. But I'd love to see more of these Star Wars stories, like the way we got with Solo and the way we got with Rogue One, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. That it fills in little gaps in the universe, and they're there, and they can be standalones, and they don't have to touch anything else. While it's also enhancing other things, if you know what I mean, like because they're, yeah. they're not going to affect the things that already happened. But they nope. can actually enhance our understanding of how the events occurred. You know what I mean? Like, and I think that's what interquil for the word I just fucking learned before we recorded. Yeah. I think that is actually the perfect way of fleshing out a universe that's pre-existing while it's not altering the events, but also you can enhance them. And I thought that's what Solo did. Like it showed us like what uh what Ben Han Solo he is and stuff, but we got to see the, the actually his abilities 
as a person in like combat and fucking as a smuggler, like the 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 train sequence I thought was fucking awesome. The train sequence through. was actually awesome. Mm. Really, really, really was. And I always think with these standalones as well, and this kind of you can attach to Rogue One even even more so, but that there was um because these characters, I mean, of course, Han is mm. massive and iconic and is mm. goes on to be in these films. So Han was safe as houses, we knew that. But yeah. there is so much that you could characters that no great matter point. how much you build them up, you can just get rid of them. Yeah, great point. And Rogue One did it way more. I mean, yeah. way more there. And they always had it. You know, we've seen Obi-Wan get struck down. We've seen Qui-Gon Jinn get struck down. Mm. Like, they, they, they put tragedy in there. Uh, but this one, with like, with Rogue One again, maybe a little bit more. They were just like, like Tandy, uh, Tandy Newton's character just blowing herself up on yeah. the bridge. Yeah, you like her to shit. Yeah, you like her. <laughs> exactly. You like her yeah. to shit. And yeah. even when, even when, uh, even when you know Woody kind of betrays Han mm. and and stuff like, that, and he gets killed, he still felt bad for him because that was his deal. He was like a little bit whoa, a little bit way, yeah. you know, as, as you used to say in the fast show. Yeah. Um, but you know, you just felt for these characters, but they didn't need to build them. They didn't need to worry about the franchise going forward. This because the, the, they were just going to try and slot this into an already existing franchise. Exactly, the characters were just apt, were just roadkill. Yeah, kind of like the original, the, the prequel trilogy. But they're like, okay, Revenge of the Sith. Who who lives to the original trilogy? Okay, yeah. check, 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 and check. Everybody, you're all gonna yeah. die. Mace was, Windu. Yeah, Mace Windu gone out gone. the fucking window. You know what I mean? Literally. Yeah, every other Jedi gone. Or because Order yeah. sixty six, everybody knows about. Iconic. So, that, that's what I'm that, saying. Like, those films got something wrong, but Order sixty six, they did man, not get it wrong. Take out for, like the all the bad stuff about Phantom Menace, and I'm telling you that prequel trilogy pisses all over the Disney trilogy, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Phantom Menace. Yeah. Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith are excellent movies, in my opinion. Excellent Star Wars movies. They build and they do so much. Like, like, and that's what this movie Well, it's just, it was Darth Vader's transcendence that just kind of, it lost me. No! But to to actually talk a little bit about Rogue One, where where this kind of stands as well, the one thing I think it had in common as well, it kind of had the street rat kind of thing as as well. It had that person who wasn't born to, like, huge destiny necessarily yeah, not somebody did not the chosen one not the one that's been prophesized for a thousand years yeah. that's going to bring balance to the force ergo ergo bring balance to the yeah. galaxy like, not that. and it can pretty much become like jesus like pretty much yeah jesus. exactly you know i mean exactly like, um, medicurians got all up in his mother his mother was banging around but she yeah. came over she was like oh guess what i'm prejudiced what happened the force no, come on, <laughs> yeah come yeah. on y'all Imagine, imagine starting a religion on being somebody lying about getting pregnant. Yeah, personally. I, that'd I, I be know. crazy. Never that'd be crazy. On. Never catch on. Oh, we're being yeah, crazy actually, right like, now. To be honest with you, man, you're weighing up things here that would never catch on. Like, I can never imagine anybody would be foolish enough to follow beliefs as the, that has, well, you're saying that it's born by uh, a natural bird. Oh, <laughs> weird. Nah, can't see nah. it happening. Checking my episode. checking my notes here, too fantastical for my <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah, like, again the gutter rat thing, you know, like hmm. what she actually went through. Yeah, she's a survivor, but she wasn't she was brave as balls, she was an excellent character. Uh, so. Yeah, but she was not the chosen one, but she yeah. just what knew that something needed to be just done. The right one. Yeah, and you know, and the, the, the whole thing in that film where they're talking like, we need to do this. This is our only moment. We're going to lose. We're going to lose. They're going to build it. It's going to be done if we don't. Yeah, strike now, and the council kind of votes against it, and she goes anyway. And it's basically a suicide mission. Yeah. And I remember the first time I watched that, I remember thinking to myself, "Oh, you know what this is? This actually is a suicide mission." Oh yeah, that made sense to me. Yeah, because I have no idea who these people are. I just know that the plans end up in C-3PO, blah, blah, blah. They find their way to Obi-Wan Kenobi and the film takes off. Uh, So I was like, oh, my God, this is this is Oh, Ben Kenobi. Uh, Ben Kenobi. Ben Kenobi. Oh, I think I know. I don't know an Obi-Wan, but I know an old Ben Kenobi. (laughs) You might know him. Maybe they're related. Maybe so. Um, But I remember. But you know what? It was that fucking robot. The one that, that made me feel most sad. K2 I don't know why. In yeah, Rogue one. The, yeah, the, the, the one that, yeah, the reprogrammed um, Empire droid. Yeah, K2. K2. I was just like, no! Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, that dude's got a grenade thrown into the hull. That's pretty yeah. sad, I guess. Uh, uh, Riz Ahmed. Um, yeah, I was like, ah, yeah. oh, that sucks. Yeah, uh, that, that, that's what the, the, 
uh, to kind of wrap up in solo and uh, to continue moving on to Rogue One, but that's what the, the two movies did very well. As you said, that kind of street rat thing. One thing we loved about Daredevil and shows like that, Jessica Jones, maybe a little less Luke Cage and Iron Fist can go fist himself. But like, uh, I just think that when you see these huge events, we know of these huge events like the Battle of New York and Avengers or the, the fucking the massive yeah. war we got to see in the prequel and what we're going to we know what's about to happen in the original series that's well, it's following these movies in terms of the chronological order of events that you get to see these everyday people, as you said, are not the chosen one. They might be the right one, as I, I alluded to that. The, they sit them in this way and you get to see how the world that uh, these huge events created and how normal normal people in air quotes because they're kind of above normal or whatever in terms of what they can accomplish but like how they react to these events and how they have like the world has taken shape and we see that in Solo the growing um, uh, influence of the Empire and how that's spread out and we get to see at the end with uh, Kira and Darth Maul and how we talk how we find out she's a part of the dark side and then that moves on into Rogue One and shit that you get to see that the world now is more so conquered by the Empire. But at the same time, because the world has developed more, there's also more of a resistance. There's an alliance. There's this rebellion force that's built up and that's going against the Empire. And that's what I love about these two movies, that the way they fill in that gap how yeah. the, from the prequel trilogy and the original trilogy in terms of the chronological events, that it shows us the expansion of not just the empire and the growth and the ascension of it, but also the uh, growth and expansion of the rebellion force. Yeah. And that's what Rogue One did beautifully for me, that it actually showed us uh, aerial dogfights. It showed us intergalactical fucking war. It showed us real, real strengths of the rebels and the alliance. And the Jedi, once again, aren't the backbone of the movie in the way they are for the other nine, the Skywalker saga, that we get to see what the Rebellion actually are made of and what they've yeah. been doing. And how crushed underfoot they are. Yeah. Like, just the how... they were able to put up is amazing. Like. Yeah, absolutely. You had uh, Saw Gerrera and you had... <laughs> Forrest Whitaker is the most Forrest... Forrest Whitaker ever in this movie. Forrest Whitaker is so Forrest Whitaker <laughs> oh in this movie. God. Oh, he's so good. This you know movie. what? I, you know, I, I, I'm going to say it's something controversial so... here. But Forrest Whitaker can only kind of ever really praise Forrest Whitaker, but Forrest Whitaker himself is such a captivating character. Yeah. That's all we want from Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. I'm just yeah. good with Forrest Whitaker being Forrest Whitaker. He's just, oh, there's just somebody. So good. Yeah. I just feel like, yeah. And, you know, he goes down with his city and all that kind of stuff. And there's an awful yeah, lot fucking of what that. Scene. What scene? What a scene, absolutely. But there's so much of that because, you know, the, the, the uh, K2, everybody just sacrificed himself. And uh, at uh, Donnie Yen, uh, Chirrut, I have the cast yeah, here. He played nice. But he, when I he just walks, forest, you know what he, what, yeah, he, you know, when like the Jedi's walk up and it's, it's basically just special effects and you just have a lightsaber kind of thing and you wave that around and we're just going to make sure that, you know, the lasers hit here, 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 and here, and here because you're a Jedi. The yeah. lasers mean nothing. It's actually just a bit of cardio. Uh, but this guy actually just had faith. Yeah. And that was so kind of a beautiful moment where he just starts walking, even though he's blind. Do you and, think he was a Jedi dude? No, I think he was, I think he was just such a true believer. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I think he was so open to it. Yeah. As somebody who wasn't actually chosen by it or touched Almost by like it. Buddhism or something. Exactly. Yeah. He was so open I'm to one it. with everything. Exactly. And the so force like, is everything. Fuck midichlorians. Yeah, but that, that is it. That, it's exactly it. He wasn't chosen by it, but he believed in it. And when he gets up and he walks towards the transfer, that's the thing about this. I was like, everyone kept dying trying to transmit things, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what most of the movie is. Just, I felt like most of the movie was people being killed, transmitting uh, things, <laughs> pulling levers and stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, you're in the like the grenade. Oh, no, pull lever. You know, like yeah. shot the bitch robot, but like push buttons you know it's just, yeah uh, it was an awful lot of that but also it fixed one big thing my um uh gallon um J jin's uh father he built Gillen. a weak uh sorry well thank you he yeah. built a weakness into the death star yeah as genius. opposed which is genius because we've been doing the jokes for 30 there you years. go working off information that's already pre-provided exactly you know I mean? mm. since i built a weakness into it yeah caused the chain reaction within the core cause a chain reaction within the core and mm. and they didn't even know it and i thought that was great because that and it, and it and it kind of fit it yeah. worked perfect because you know because they had a character that was obviously a, a, an amazing engineer who was forced to build it yeah but he was because he's the only one smart enough to do it well unfortunately that's what happens when you give access to tony stark in a cave yeah he'll still, <laughs> he'll, you know what i mean he'll still come up with something yeah 
you might have the you might have the better of him for a period of time, but he'll come up with something. And that's and I remember just thinking, well, I have to admit that actually addresses that quite nicely. Yeah, it was very well done. And they were clever because they were like, now we're going to give you the information. We're going to let people find out about the information, but we're going to also kill everybody that has the information about the weakness, exactly. except for the good guys that need it. You yes. know what I mean? Because Tom Middleton, it's not, or Tom Middleton, what's that dude's name? Hiddleston. No, it's uh, the dude from um, uh, Bloodline. Um, the dude who plays who in this? He's like, uh, oh, what's his name? Crack, Kraken? No? General Craddock. Craddock, is it? No, I have no idea who you're talking about. Dark Vader, General Dodd, General Mayor, Captain Patero. Yeah, well, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Rogue One. Is it not General Craddock? No. General Dodd. Uh, Krennic. Sorry. There you go. Krennic. Ben Mendelsohn. Um, But like, even he finds out about the the weakness later on in the movie, and he gets killed almost instantaneously after that by Cassian Andor. Yeah. Um, (laughs) <laughs> and, and that's it yeah and also the that's the thing like the, the, there was so many spinning wheels it even had some like betrayal between some of the like empire guys trying to take over yeah you know the death star and stuff like that and i mean it threw a lot of character building mm. into a very short film it kind of felt like you knew what everyone was about yeah by the time it played out and it was just it was two hour two and a quarter hours which, yeah. when you think about like watching a series and how long it takes to build characters, you know what I mean. Like a se- an eight episode series would be a short series. Yeah, but nowadays, eight, especially yeah. nowadays, especially. But you'd mm. still be talking like 45, 50 minutes a pop. You'd still yeah. be talking over six hours. Yeah, this was two and a quarter, and it did a really good job. I kind of, yeah, I felt everyone felt like they were alive. Everyone felt like they were a character with actual. What, I don't know. I, I loved I about it is this just pulled on the heartstrings. Like I thought that this this gave me the feels. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. This had the the most dramatic um, beats of nearly maybe any Star Wars movie. You know, like how successful it was actually hitting them. Which like, um, but what I liked about it was it showed you how not black and white the world of the rebellion is. That like there is like people that are like Cassian Andor that was sent in. He was like supposed to like execute Galen and stuff like that. And it, like it's not like. Um, like a Jedi would go in and go, oh, my father, believe me, trust in me. And it, uh, it's not like the very black and white thing where the Jedi were like, oh, I, I can I can sense that you're not telling me the, any lies or whatever, some shit, and go in and just rescue Galen Erso and be all like heroic and shit. That I thought was really cool that they went in there. Uh, he was set about killing um, Galen Erso and Galen Erso doesn't get rescued. He ends up like they don't get the, the signal out in time or they're like, oh, we have to call off the the, the strike or the airstrike or whatever. And he ends up getting blown up by the rebellion, not by the Empire. You know what I mean? So I just thought it was really, really cool that there's not as it's not as much black and white where uh, like uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi's heroicness in um in the prequel trilogy where he's just coming in and saving people left, right and center. Yeah. Um, it wasn't just that. It was people going in and because they're in the middle of a very messy war, um, an intergalactic war, like fucking war at a scale that we can never even imagine, that people will get killed, even good people in the wrong times, even with the best intentions. Yeah. And that's what I loved about it, that there was real stakes in this movie. That people, but I say, you know, when, when was, it, was, it, was Cassian that was killed by the grenade or was it Body or whoever it was? Um, Body. Yeah, Body. And it was, I remember just thinking it was such a glib thing for a Star Wars. It wasn't this like huge scene. It was just somebody like running by and just like tossed a grenade and pissed off. And that's yeah. what war is. And, and you said... Um, Kill by sending a transmission as well. Yeah, yeah, but that's that's what this film was. Just send a transmission <laughs> and die. Just it, that, That's what this film was about. <laughs> it couldn't just be one person sending one transmission. And this is like, you know, the, the, the intergalactic flight is a thing. Like, yeah, you know, I love the way... Send they, the fucking transmission. I love the way they kept leaning on it. It was like, oh, it's the size of the data files. This is <laughs> we don't have good Wi-Fi over here. <laughs> we Scarif. don't have good Wi-Fi. That's why it piled down. God damn and they can say what they want. That's why they piled down. <laughs> but I remember thinking, like, um, come on, dude. I, like, you said messy like, war. You said messy war. It actually was. Mm. They're never messy wars. It's always like, and now we're like, you know, the you know, now we're evading the Death Star, and fair enough, there's death, but and all this, but it's like organized armies fighting on this huge scale. Yeah. But I remember this. It was like. The dirt was being blown up. People were being shot to shit. Yeah, and uh, you know what I mean. And actually, had for a Star Wars, I had that gritty, yeah, absolute horror that is war. Mm. 
the the fight, the battle on Scarf is fucking incredible. Like incredible. Yeah, like remember all the the X wings come in right before the the shield wall or whatever it's called comes up. And they come in and we actually get to see them in proper dogfights and we actually get to see how the rebellion will deploy forces. And we also get to see how the empire deploy forces and how they would actually like look at a beach landing and how they would t- try and take enemy territory and how they would attack a military installation and shit like that. Because it's not a lot of Jedi's coming in, flipping and sim- somersaulting and cutting guys in half with fucking lightsabers and flinging them across the way using the force. You got normal dudes coming in there with blasters and it's just a matter of will. And I, that's what I love about it. It was very World War II to me or something like in the like reminded me very much of uh the pacific theater in terms of like have you ever seen the pacific like um the type of warfare that occurred on small islands and small installations there and small airstrips and landing strips that's what the battle and scarf reminded me of reminded me of a world war ii pacific kind of battle where instead of you had these battleships in the ocean you had these massive destroyers and battleships in space and you still had these kind of small sets of infantry and uh, fighter planes and stuff fighting close on the land, like down in Scarf, the ones that were uh, trapped inside the shield wall. And I just love that. That gave me this feel of like an old school naval battle in the Pacific during the 40s. You know what I mean? It was awesome. Yeah, they, well, it really, I did actually had that, that kind of like gritty relatability that you kind of have around real life kind of shit. And then yeah. if you're able to actually apply that to something as absolutely out there as a galaxy far away yeah a long time ago mm. uh you know what i mean but if you're able to actually superimpose that in some sort of way which it just did yeah and what sure it did was look, by making us care and giving us giving I just, us i was just going to say to enforce your point look at the empire it's just based off the nazis 100 percent. 100 percent. yeah absolutely mm. like you know the, the, the guise of order yeah the guise of of of, of lifting up the people, but like you know, there's going to be a price. Stormtroopers, like, stormtroopers, stormtroopers, hundred percent, hundred percent. Look at the color scheme: blacks, reds, whites. That's yeah, use that's a Nazi yeah. colors. You know, uh, no, of course, yeah, no. It was, it was, it was very much that. But I remember this. Uh, of all of them, this was definitely of all the films. I mean, this. I mean, the the nine mm. and these two standalones with a total, a total of eleven. This one gave me the feels more than any of this. I am your father. Any of mm. that. This one gave me the feels because these people went on a suicide mission and they gave it all up. Yeah. And they kind of, and mm. as, as you kind of, you realize as the, as the story gets told from that point onwards, like Ben Kenobi, the, nobody ever speaks their names. Exactly. They were just, and that's another awful thing about war. Yeah. We, we, there's so many people go and do, there's so many people that don't make it off the ship when it when it lands on the beach, and they're just yeah. as big a heroes as the person who makes it up and 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 fights off the enemy because they're just not as lucky. And that's yeah. that's that's how horrible war actually is. Or how um, many people uh, went into these incredible acts of heroism that shaped the world that we live in, and we and no idea who they are. No idea who they are, and that that resonated with me. On like there's a star on the wall or something, the CIA or Langley and places like these. Exactly, like, exactly. Yeah. And I just thought that was beautiful. I just thought that was kind of like, that was a Star Wars film with gritty realism yeah. in such a silly kind of set, obviously with like droids that you're making me care about. And yeah. a, 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 a priest I love the droids before. angle. I love the way that like, they have new droids in Han Solo, uh, sorry, in Solo and um, in Rogue One. I love that. We didn't get to see fucking C-3PO and R2-D2 rolled out in some other format again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, you're absolutely right. They were more... Yeah, and, and in both films, there, you kind of had the, the, the sassy... Yeah, that's, what I, that's the word I use. That's what yeah. I'm sticking she with. even had the the the, uh, the droid and that I'll get her name up and stuff. But she even had the sad ending because she gave up her life to make the Millennium Falcon even better. Do you remember? Yeah. Um, actually yeah yeah she became no was definitely a little bit into her inside her he was like he's the usb stick and she had plenty of ports <laughs> so, uh, solo droid uh, uh phoebe waller it was phoebe waller bridge oh really was it it was phoebe waller bridge l337 her name was yeah it was phoebe waller bridge that's brilliant i didn't know that that's awesome but um, yeah, like that, that's what two movies did actually really, really well. They get made us give a fuck about not just the droids, but the characters in general. Like, like oh, but it's it, not the, the, the droid becomes irrelevant because you say a character. Yeah, you exactly. know what I mean? Like it's character because then it's doesn't matter if it's a Chewbacca and it doesn't matter if it's it, does, it just does not matter. It's all it is is the character. And yeah. they did that so well. Yeah, like um, in this, what they did was like they actually built up the characters pretty quickly. 
they set you in, um, set the stalls out. Like they're like, okay, Jin Erso, her father's Galen. He designed the Death Star. He's taken away. This is her life now. Big time jump, and he gets kind of stuck into. It. That's what it is like. <clears throat> excuse me. They fleshed out the characters, but they did it at a nice pace. As you said, it's like it's only just over. It's like what two hours and thirteen minutes long or something. Yeah, that's and, exactly what it was. Yeah. And um, did they, they covered so much ground, like with the rebellion, with the alliance, with Galen Erso, yeah. with Jane, with Sal Guerrero, Cassian Andor, K two, and that's not to speak like, of the overall thing of how the fuck did they get the plans? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you know like, what I mean? You know, da, 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 oh man! Da. Like like this look look uh, look at the pacing. Was it you know? It's yeah. pacing the strongest thing about this. It actually oh, yeah. told so, so well done. I love this fucking Rogue movie. One. A Star Wars story is the name of the film, and that's yeah. what it was. It was a Star Wars mm. story. And a fucking great one. Yeah, it's one of the better. It's one of the better films of the oh, whole 100%. thing. I'm not saying it's Return of the Jedi. I'm not no. saying it's Return of the Jedi. But yeah. it might be my number two or my number three. Oh, it's definitely in the top three. I'd say in terms of quality, to in terms of quality of the movie itself. It yeah, quality of the movie itself. Yeah, and let's just say that because you know you could say oh, and quality of the characters and quality of the pacing and quality. What it comes down to is you walk out the movie, the, the the cinema or whatever, and you kind of go, "How did you enjoy that?" And I go, "Well, and not just that. Whatever your first reaction is, because yeah. that's what a movie is. You can you can break it down as much as you want. How entertained were you? Uh, that that one gave me the feels, and that one made me." Uh, a kind of like it darkened the empire for me because there was times where like where you have the stormtroopers that couldn't hit the side of a barn with a yeah. barn seeking missile and uh you know there was that kind of goofy element to it sometimes when you look back at it and this one like with you know some of the cool things like order 66 and stuff where you you just kind of like there it is there's the yeah. dark side of it there's yeah. the genocide the literal dark horror. Side. yeah the literal dark side of it the genocidal horror of yeah. it. And, and this one shot again we like we've touched on it shot from characters who, who weren't able to just like see slightly into the future and yeah. use like laser swords and jump yeah. to terrific heights and uh, see in the future and all these sorts yeah. of other amazing things that, that would make all of that horror an awful lot less scary yeah an awful lot less scary yeah um, you when you watch the original uh prequel sorry the the, the original yeah, the prequel. Sorry, the yeah. one, two, and three. I always say it mixed up as well. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like, do you remember, like, you know, when uh, Obi Wan Kenobi is there and he's going to take on General Grievous? So there's a certain point to that, that despite what's going on, he's kind of having fun. Yeah, of yeah. Because remember, we spoke about how, like, it's like throughout the trilogy, Obi Wan's just like, holy shit, I'm actually awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Like, you know, the like, Grievous comes out when he takes out, like, all he breaks, all his arms come out and he yeah. gets four lightsabers and said he's been changed by, uh, Sorry, trained by Count Dooku and stuff yeah. like that. And Ben, you know, Ben is just like, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and he's this he, be a bit of crack. And he's got four lightsabers, so he's definitely killed four Jedi. Like, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, well, there you go. So he's got four lightsabers, and then you're just kind of thinking, like, well, if you were uh, like, if you were Jin or so in this scenario, mm. you would like despite all she accomplished and how badass she was, it makes her more badass because in that scenario, she'd be dog food. Yeah, she doesn't, you know, like it's not like she had this. It's not like she was Superman and she was yeah. able to just fight it. It wasn't. It was a, and that's what we are. We're, we are the, you, you can put yourself in that no matter how crazy the circle, doesn't matter if it's Lord of the Rings, doesn't matter what it is, because you'd put yourself in that as you are. And that's like an actual vulnerable person. Like, you yeah. Know? Man, one thing I love about Rogue One, the subtitle should be just called Fuck Destiny. Because like that's what the whole movie was. Just like, oh, I'm not supposed to be going here. Fuck you. I'm going to do this. If you're yeah. not going to do it, I'm going to do it. That's what Jane Urso was, though. That's what her whole character was. And that's who she was able to corral. The likes of Cassian Andor and K2. Remember, K2's like, uh, I'm going to go with you, Jane, because Cassian said I had to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, one thing I loved about her, she's like, the whole way through the movie, she's like, oh, I'm not the right person for the job. I'm going to, oh, let me prove you wrong, because I'm going to. And then she's, she's like, fuck destiny. I don't need to be a chosen one. I don't need to be anything. Like, I, Yes, um, that's it. Yeah. I not prophesized. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, if you're not going to do it, I'm going to do it because somebody has to do it. And that's what Jane Erso was. I thought she was such an awesome character because she just literally is like, oh, the odds are against me, are they? Cool beans. Um, I'm going to go get a ship now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's like, oh, we're all going to die. Yeah, cool. I'm going to go get a ship now, I said. <laughs> yeah. I said a good day, sir. I said a yeah. good day, you know? But like, that's what I loved about it. It was like the beautiful ragtag. It's like the definition of a ragtag group. You come in Oh, like, big time. In, like, and even the misfits, you know, they're, yeah. they're all, yeah. yeah they were just, their enemies turned, yeah. you know, mutual, uh, what's the word? Like, uh, uh, the enemy, the friend of my enemy or the enemy. Yeah, that yeah. kind of scenario, <laughs> yeah. 
but like no i just love that like the, the characters you actually warm to them you related to them because me or you as you say we can't imagine being some sort of messianic fucking like uh next coming like we can't imagine being these guys that can float through the air and do somersaults and do these all sorts of things and control our minds and fucking have these uh, lightsabers and do these battles and wield against fucking the most powerful creatures that maybe the galaxy's ever known in terms of combat. But we could imagine getting on a ship with six of our friends, picking up a blaster, going into an installation and trying to get our hands on a fucking hard drive so we can send something out. Because that is relatable. It's something you could do. It's something people have did done many times in wars yeah. that they've got into an enemy place. They've uh, got the information and it just it's more relatable as a story in terms of, of you could really place yourself on that Rogue One ship and go, all right, cool. We can kind of go in there. It's a suicide mission, whatever. But what a fucking way to go. You know, that yeah. kind of thing. Like, you know, like, I don't think I can do this, but I, I don't think I can not try. Yeah, if you're doing it, I'm doing it, that kind of thing. Like, I care, like, I respect you enough as a human to think that if you're willing to make the sacrifice, I should also be willing to make the sacrifice. If we get out or good, if we don't, at least we get the information out there and the resistance lives on because the tyrannical rule of the empire has to end and somebody has to be the one to put the fucking life on the line. And that's what Rogue One was that, like, you had a bunch of misfits that, as you say, never get mentioned again. We never hear about Jenna, Jen or so, never hear about Cassian Andor because, you know, no. they're retroactively out of the story, but it fits beautifully to the story that we don't hear about them again. Exactly. It yeah. fits. Exactly. It, it fits. fits and it's not even that, like, you know, Princess Leia or something is, is forgotten about them is in that everything that actually went down yeah. went with them when the, the Death Star just destroyed yeah. like with a relatively low blast just destroyed everything yeah all they know is the transmission medit that's it that's end of story the transmission yeah. medit yeah and, man, uh, that battle in scarf though like i just keep going on about it, but like uh, the other day when i was watching it man like the last 20 minutes i was just fucking wide-eyed man like the, i love the battle scene there you get to actually see a real fucking dirty dog fighting space they kind of uh, familiarize it with a few of the leaders like they always do in the in the, in the x-wings goal leader red leader blue leader and then yeah, you get to yeah. see them all getting killed one at a time so you actually have some feels and i think that's clever storytelling and you talk about um i keep calling him general radish but it's Gen- general radish but the, it's in the hammerhead shark dude and like the when they're fucking sent it's like uh, ready the hammerhead corvette ah. But, um, <laughs> that? Yeah. 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 but like, yeah. I, I love that like and it's like when they're ramming in you get to actually see the military might of the rebellion and i love that shit where i love the intergalactic uh fucking dog fights and shit it's like uh, i love the call of duty Adva- advanced warfare i think it was called where you're in a spaceship a lot and you're fucking doing a lot of that kind of shit it's awesome but like we didn't get to see enough of that i think in some of the star wars movies like look at fucking last jedi it's the fucking slowest ass chase sequence ever for two hours. Like, why couldn't that just been a massive, ridiculous, epic fucking war? Constantly just jumping through space. You make a jump, you do another dogfight, kind of like fucking Cylons and fucking Battlestar Galactica. Keep you on edge instead of this slow, meager crawl while you tell your main story. It's fucking lazy ass storytelling, Rain Johnson. But um, that's, that's what like I love. The balls, Rain Johnson. Yeah, but I just love that the strength of this movie, both aside from the character building it did, was the fucking climax, man, is one of the best climaxes, I think, in any Star Wars movie. Just the Battle of Scarif, the way it told those two, uh, exist like the two kind of convergent storylines, the one in space, the the fleet trying to hold off the Empire fleet, while uh, the people down in Scarif were trying to get the message out. And like, and it just fucking played the balancing act beautifully. And then you get the message out, you think, oh, Savage, you got the message out, it's going to be amazing. All of a sudden, Darth Vader fucking lands, comes in, and some of the ships that are jumping now, like, come on, talk about that. The, the sh- Shadow, the, 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 sorry, shadow. I said I meant to say smoke. Yeah, and uh, ah, I just threw it. There is that fucking, uh, and you kind of go prepare a boarding oh, party. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, yes, yes, my lord. And uh, oh god, yes, Lord Vader. Just, he, yeah, exactly. And he just cuts bitches down, but one uh, ship manages to escape. Man, let me just... talk to you about one thing. How come it takes him so long to hand that information through the door? Like, he waited till he was the last guy alive. <laughs> like, literally, like... Not until I can't possibly hand it through and yeah. stay alive. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? It's like, just in case you need me. It's like, dude, 
they all literally just sacrificed their lives. Everybody's sacrificing their lives. To get Everyone's <laughs> dead. Everybody's dead. Like, seriously, dude. Like, like thousands of all your, your friends, your fucking brothers in arms have all just died to get this fucking floppy disk, which is kind of weird, uh, to you and to get this to, to Princess Leia. And this motherfucker takes an age while Darth Vader is scything down motherfuckers behind him. He's just like, zoom. And it's just like open the door, and I'm like straight. And the guy's never says to give me the fucking card, man. If I was in that situation, I'm like, dude, hand me the fucking information. I'll, I'll try to get the door open. If I can't, at least we, Darth Vader's not going to get the information, which I think is the priority here. Yeah, yeah, oh, fuck nameless yeah. other guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like I don't even have a name, dude. I know my work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like so- I have a bad feeling about tertiary. <laughs> <laughs> But like everything about the fucking Batman leading up to the Darth Vader boarding party, we get to see Darth Vader in his prime as well, which like fitted perfectly so much in when we got to see the creation of Darth Vader at the end of Revenge of the Sith to actually see him in his prime now two movies over in this kind of chronological order that we're watching him in. And I think just if it just slots him beautifully, like, you know, um, the whole fucking the whole climax for me, man, just I thought was, was some of the best fucking Star Wars storytelling that's been done so far. But um, one thing these two movies have, man, in common before we get the fuck out of here is that they they kind of uh, not introduce, but to touch upon a lot of iconic characters. Like we t- we're talking about Han Solo, Chewbacca. We talk about fucking um, uh, Princess Leia makes an appearance. Uh, we get to see, uh, is it General Tarkin or some shit? That other guy, um, the, the dude from the original trilogy that they brought back in um, through CGI. Um, we get to see him. We get to see like fucking um uh, the even the Death Star, like Darth Vader again. Like for you, like what was the biggest moment of like fan service you thought hit you the best when you get to see the introduction of how Chewie met uh, Han uh, Han? How we get to see uh, Lando Calrissian and how he met Han? And um, we get to see Darth Vader in his prime Leia. All this shit. Talk to me. I think if you're going to put it over the um two films and i know it's kind of like just jumping back on something we were a second ago but i remember that silence before we saw the red lightsaber oh my and God, i just yeah. just remember and, and, and even like you seem like butcher everyone buck laser all that shit good jedi stuff none of that was as good as just seeing the red lightsaber and you just kind of went oh my god terrified you'd be it's vader yeah and this isn't a scene with like you know like um any uh sorry luke or anything like this. This this is just a bunch of fucking dudes with blasters who might as well have nothing. Shitty in fact, in fact, you'd be better off being unarmed because all you're doing is shooting yourself. Yeah, I would just shoot myself. Oh yeah, no, I'd shoot myself definitely. Yeah. Just just shoot myself. Yeah, uh, but uh, I just thought, oh god, like it's. Imagine just... how terrified you'd be locked in a corridor with the most powerful Jedi that's ever lived. Imagine how terrifying that would be. Oh, God. Yeah. And you're God. just a dude. Like, your name is dude number seven. Like, you know what I mean? Like, imagine how terrifying it would be. Yeah, dude, one numbers, thing... dude numbers. I have a bad feeling about guy yeah. number seven. One thing being on Mustafar and you're fucking Obi-Wan Kenobi and you're going up against Anakin, because Obi, I'm sure, was 80% sure he was going to kill that dude, and he pretty much did. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's just like, like, the whole way through it, he's pretty much like, Anakin, don't do this, because, you know, Eventually, I will cut your legs and arm off. <laughs> yeah, like that's that is how this plays out. Yeah, yeah, you're a Skywalker dude. You already got one arm cut off. I will finish the set. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But like, because uh, all the way through that trilogy, we've seen how amazing Obi Wan was. So we knew when we got the Mustafar that he was going to fuck Anakin up. But imagine being dude number seven. You're locked in this corridor. And all of a sudden, boarding parties come and you know that's bad enough. But then all of a sudden, you see the fucking smoke like you described. And then all of a sudden, you see. Zoom. And it's the fucking that red stream. Oh, shit. It's just pants. death. It's absolute certain death. I yeah. Mean, that's just that's, Darth Vader, that's more it. like Death Vader. <laughs> There's a metal band right there. Death Vader. Yeah, mm. you're absolutely right. But, absolutely uh, right. Yeah, I just think it did, it did so much so well. But like, is that the most, like, like is that your favorite in terms of fan service over the I think movies? so. I also, like, I mean, again, I, I touched upon it when they fixed the whole 
like you you build this planet killing machine but mm-hmm. like if somebody drops it like a grenade of some description down one vent it just the whole thing it's like moon sized as well yeah. i like to point out so it wouldn't just be like the explosion it cause a chain reaction yeah. that will blow up absolutely everything that seems a bit stupid to me Launch an attack but, single reactor yeah but, but it turns out that the designer was mm. like forced and yeah. so he himself knows yeah. that this would happen i remember just thinking like, thank you because that was such a silly thing for so long yeah and it was so easily explained away by just having somebody a genius forced to do something terrible yeah. which also is a thing that happens you know what i mean yeah. like you, many times in world war ii that happens yeah man do this or this do you ever hear about that dude total side note that created um cyanide gas no mustard gas um he also created like uh, uh a way of cultivating crops that ended up like feeding billions of people around the world, but he also killed millions of people in World War One by oh. the, the cyanide gas or something he invented. It's not fucked up. <laughs> like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, even though he's killed, like uh, the the weighing up of that motherfucker is so weird. But um, sorry, back to your point. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry, you threw me off. What was my point? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, you're talking about uh, we're talking about the fan service, wasn't it? yeah exactly just just the fan service of it they kind of like they listened and when they were given the opportunity especially when they're wherever it is in the chronological line and it's such yeah. a mess yeah. but they were like guys we're here yeah we could fix this and this and this is the only opportunity we'd ever have to do it yeah and they managed I'm to actually shocked you remember what you were talking about you went back seamlessly continue oh thank you very much <laughs> but imagine they actually I was like holy shit he's doing it he's doing he's, it he's doing it <laughs> he's beginning to believe <laughs> he's beginning to believe <laughs> sorry dude go on but it, it was I, I thought they actually filled out the I, I thought they filled out the characters. I thought both films did. I thought I thought now that Han actually has that bit of tragedy to him now as well. Yeah, the yeah. behind the swap, which, which always felt like it was there because it, he was constantly doing the right thing, even when you know like when he mm. shows up the fight at the, the the Death Star at the end of A New Hope. Um, you know, it's like yeah, he talks the talk, he talks a big game, but at the end of it, yeah. he's actually he's actually a guy who knows what it's like to lose and knows what it means. Yeah, I think that. Um, I thought that that's the best thing over the two of them. I thought just let's just edge this out, fill this out, and explain this. Yeah. And I thought that by the end of it, you were kind of going, "Well played." Yeah. That was that was well played. I have per- to give it perfect to you. example of the kind of movies they were trying to be, in terms of the placement in the universe that existed already. If you know what I'm saying. Exactly. Like it filled out two huge events: the Kessel Run and uh, how the Death Star plans were got. And also, as you said, the defect in the Death Star itself was put there on purpose. It was intentional. So it takes away that, that big question. Everyone's like, who the fuck designed that ship? Like, you know what I mean? Like, And then you find out that it was there intentionally, that it did exactly what it needed to do. It, uh, it gave us characters that we gave a fuck about, and it filled in the blanks that we all wanted to know the answers to. And that's what I loved about these two movies, that it did exactly what they needed to do. Like, you know? Yeah, it did. And when you look back on them, I don't know, I look back on them fondly now, I have to say. Yeah. I thought when I watched them, I thought, yeah, no, that was fun. Didn't actually have much of a reaction to it. Yeah. But when you kind of watch it with a bit more of an analytical mind, because you know you're going to be, you're going to go on the record, you're going to have a yeah. few thoughts about it. You kind of think like, yeah, it was like, it was definitely made by people who knew their subject matter. Oh, 100%. And even if you weren't that into the feel of the Han Solo thing, because again, it felt very disjointed as a Star Wars movie. Yeah. But uh, I, you'd have to give some props. It was nice to hear uh, Sam Wicker is that his name Vice Dark Maul at the end it was mm. nice to it was nice to just feel like just how long the Empire ruled and what the tax and toll really yeah. was and it was nice to see both films did it from I'm just going with my gutter and an analogy again um, but I, I, I just I just think there are two films that should be watched I think this should be watched like you advised I think it should be um, Solo then Rogue One yeah, 100%. They fit together beautifully like that, I think. Yeah, they fit together beautifully like that. But no, I do. I think but I think you have to understand that as it steps away from the main Star Wars um, canon, that you also are stepping away from the main Star Wars canon. Yeah. And just try and enjoy them as two films that stand alone because that is what they're supposed to be viewed as. Yeah, but they, they also do um, expand on pre-existing canon already as it touched on the Kessler. Oh, no, they're 100%. They, 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 that's it. Oh, they mm. do. They they. they, they they paper over the cracks and they actually talk about some stuff and make it make a lot more sense. But I'm just saying that, yeah, it's not going to have Skywalkers galore or anything like that, but it doesn't mean that they can't be a good 
a yeah. good movie it's or the whole fucking that. universe. The Mandalorian and Boba Fett. It feels like obviously it's catching on that people feel this way anyway. But at the time, I think people are like, "Where's my lightsabers at?" You know? Yeah, exactly, man. It's funny that you mentioned Mando because, like, uh, when I rewatched, like, obviously it's in complete hindsight after watching the two seasons of the Mandalorian, the Rogue One and Solo fit in the exact same kind of world as Mandalorian like in terms of the tone the feel of the border words you talk about the gutter uh, that kind of the back swamp kind of thing that like uh the people are doing these kind of crazy things even though they're not predestined to do them or whatever and just like the tone of the show the Mandalorian I haven't seen Boba Fett yet but we'll be covering it soon hopefully the I think the tone of those uh, two movies and the Mandalorian um, uh, really fit together beautifully outside of the the framework of the Skywalker saga. And it shows you that there is a different uh, kind of outskirts to this galaxy far, far away. And these are all these characters that kind of inhabit it and that kind of world exists and that kind of tone. And yeah, I, it just, it, to me, I thought it was fucking awesome. It's like that Western in, in um, like the way the Mandalorian was like a Western in space. I thought Rogue One was kind of like, you know, I already talked about the Pacific World War II kind of thing in space, but I just thought they caught real kind of like a real, real feel to them, even though they're in these like completely unreal worlds, you know? And that's what I loved about Solo, Rogue One and, Mandalorian, which we'll talk about. I'm going to drool all over that show because I fucking love it so much. <laughs> um, uh, do you have anything else you want to say, or we just uh, get the fudge out here? Get we'll just get the fudge out of here. We yeah, get we're going to keep it under the hour. and yeah. do what we said to do. Um, it's just the size of the day files. No, that's what it's going to take so long. Yeah. But I sent it oh, to you, Vinny. No, you oh, sent them up. But I, I, just before we go here, like. Remember that satellite gets blown up. How does she send them afterwards? I do. You know what? I, this is what I was saying to you before yeah. I went live. There was a lot of spin in place here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I just remember kind of going, yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah. I, eventually, I was just sitting there at one point going, Oh, yeah, you know what? I'm talking to Vinny. I'm going to mention this. I'm going to actually, you know, it's a good point. And at a certain point, I was sitting there going, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like, so before we get the fuck out of here, folks, I'm your host, Lindsay Green. I'm your host, Lozon Tui. And that was Dark Side of the Moon. That was Solo and Rogue One, Star Wars stories. And um, all I have to say to you is, if you're locked in a hallway and you're carrying sensitive information that the Empire might try to procure from you, and you see a red lightsaber lighting up from a smokeful corridor, pass that information off. Don't wait to be the last dude. Don't be that guy. Get don't don't be don't be dude number seven. Don't, don't be, be dude number seven. Yeah. Come on, <laughs> peace, motherfucker. May the force peace. be with y'all. <laughs> <laughs> peace out. side.